this week's episode of the Starting Eleven Podcast, Toronto FC edition, the team are winless in eight games. Should Toronto FC consider this year lost, or should they do what they can to hold on to that playoff place? All that and more coming up right here on the Starting Eleven Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Eleven Podcast, Toronto FC edition. My name is Chengiz Khan, and with me today is only Peter Robinson. Only, yeah. Justin had other things to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you got, you, he's away. He got a new tractor. He did. He did. He's going to try that one out and see, yeah. <laughs> see yeah. what happens with that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, support local football first and foremost. Um, unless it's TFC. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, uh, we're going to get into it, but it, it's it's getting really, really hard to, uh, you know, watch this team in week in and week out and just watch it sort of blow up in our faces. Do you know, do you um, know, do you know what I think is I don't think they're, they're operating with the right information. Information like this. Did you know <laughs> that there was no grass natively growing in Iceland until Argentinian colonists accidentally brought some over on the undersoles of their feet in 1903. And now it's called Greenland. <laughs> no. You lose points for geography, sir. Isn't it funny that, like, isn't it Greenland that has more ice than Iceland? Yes, yes. And Iceland has more green than Greenland. Yes. This bothered me greatly as a child. And now, yeah. and now I'm more bothered by the fact that it's all melting away. Thanks, Doug Ford. Anyways... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get into this seriously. This is this is bad. It's all gone it, tits up. It's a dumpster fire. That's exactly what it is. I have a. It's bad, man. I have a stat for you that I found um, last night after the game. If you know me, I love stats. Do you love stats? I think you're gonna I really not like this one. Since winning the MLS Cup, Toronto FC have played fifty MLS games. One fifteen drawn 10 and lost 25 which is a 50% points ratio not even a win ratio a points ratio we've lost 50% of the games 50% of the 50 games we've got zero points and we've conceded 92 goals um yeah that's not a good stat at all <laughs> <laughs> i mean to to me that just tells you that that we had those two good years of the really good squad. Um, and then what happened afterwards? Yeah. Right. And the only constant sort of throughout those few years, for the most part, has been the manager. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and someone may have a taste of glory. They may win something, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're best for your squad long term. So I, I think we have to echo... What social media is saying, and that we've been saying for a while, but uh, we'll get into that later. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, second stat for you, by the way, just to really hammer home the point. From KJ, uh, Toronto FC have gone eight games without a win for the first time since 2013. The day Dow Russell scored a goal for Ryan Nelson's team in a 2-1 loss to SKC. Sporting Kansas City since 2013. We have now hit new lows, officially. 
With the same yeah. manager that gave us the MLS Cup, which I believe, I think we're all, we, we both agree on this, was entirely circumstantial that he was there. I don't think it was. I don't I think mean, it you had anything to do with him. No, you could have placed absolutely any manager in that team and you would have gotten the same, the uh, exact same result. Uh, I think the team was just overmatched or uh, overmatching all the other squads in the MLS at that time. So. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was any squad out there that that competed with ours in terms of the talent, in terms of like the form. We were red hot for two years, and then uh, after we got it, we got we got lazy and we got injuries, and then and now we're at this point where we can't remember what it was like to win. Yeah, it's a big. And we also got older. We also got older, and sure, that's always a thing, but the thing is, older people, older players, especially after they've won a few things, are a little bit tougher mental- tougher mentally than they are, uh, than, than the sorry displays that we've seen so far. I think at this point, it, it comes down to the coach, and it comes down to the to, to what's what's happening uh, on, on the training field. But let's at least start off this rather negative uh, <laughs> podcast with a bit of positives. And I think the biggest positive we can take away from the FC Dallas game where we lost 3-0 is the fact that Westberg, without Westberg, that could have been 6-7, maybe 8-0. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you take a look at the highlights, uh, it's it's not hard to see that Quinton Westberg was the best player for TFC mm. uh, last night. And... You know, we, we questioned his shot stopping a little bit. We didn't question his distribution. And I think after last night, we don't question his shot stopping anymore. No. Um, you know, he was making double saves. He was he was going uh, and making quick saves to his, uh, to his left. Uh, he made one just at the end of the first half there. Um, yeah, I mean, we have to sort of give our, give a tip of the cap to Quinton Westberg last night because he kept us in it. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as 3-0 is, is quite a margin of defeat, like you said, he could have easily let in four goals, five goals more. It could have been seven, could have been eight. You know, I think they had nine shots on target or something like something that. Like Twenty-two that. total shots. Yeah. So it let's was, just say it was, it was a, it was a he, shooting gallery. It was a shooting gallery, and he definitely came in clutch for that. The, um, the I think what this game finally showed most Toronto FC supporters, for anybody who's still watching, first of all, but mostly just if anybody needs any um, reference to Westberg as a as what he can do, this is the game. This is what yeah. this is now the game that you can say. Look, he did this against FC Dallas. Look it up. And more than anything, now for the people who are still on the fence, people still defending Bono online by saying. Uh, this is our record with Westberg and this is our record with Bonner, which is just completely unfair because Westberg come into a really bad team. Um, you know, j- just just look at how Westberg performed both with his distribution and the shot-stopping ability and compare that to Bono. It just shows Bono, shit, I've got my work cut out here. Yeah. And I think he's going to be sort of rooted to the pine for a little bit because Westbrook has just been that good. Um, 10 games, 10 games on the bounce now that he's been in that. And I think he deserves it. I think it, it's it's very easy to get um, to get very sort of down about the way that the team is playing mm. um, and sort of give up, especially if you're, you're a player that comes from overseas, you're a little bit older, you're kind of like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this, this losing season? Um, but... Vesper doesn't seem to do that. He seems to come out and make well, saves. And I think, in all honesty, I think this TFC is a step up for Westberg because he was at Ozero 
in League Two, uh, in in uh, or League Deux uh, in France. So I don't know about the standard of play that he's facing up against. I think it might be on par, um, certainly on par if you just consider TFC. But yeah. um, I think over there in Auxerre, he was number two, and now he's number one, and he's in a new league. He's in a, in a doing a fresh almost like a restart at his career like 34 is not that old for a goalkeeper you've seen goalies go well into their late 30s so he mm-hmm. i still think he has quite a few years to give a, a major professional side and i i have faith that toronto is going to turn around maybe not this year but next year um it's provided we get an overhaul of the coach the system and a lot of the players um you keep westberg in goal and suddenly you have you have a problem position that's that's now not a problem position. And you have a confident player, an experienced player, who's not prone to silly mistakes between the sticks. And he can be sort of the 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 rock at the back which which you build around, which you can start to say, look, this is the standard, this is how he plays, this is how the, the levels at which he plays, this is what we expect from all of you. Having a player that sets the example is extremely good for a side and extremely good for a side's uh, mentality and confidence. I just think of um, Virgil van Dijk when he came to Liverpool. You know, the defence was transformed overnight because his standards are so high that everybody else had to fall in line. Otherwise, they were at risk of being culled. The, pro- the difference, obviously, you know, is that we don't have a van Dijk. We have a Laurent Simon. We don't have a uh, Joel Matip. We have a uh, Chris Mavinga. <laughs> now, I think of that entire back line, Mavinga, Morrow, Perhaps Larea, but we're not sure where Larea really is. Is he a right winger? Is he a right back? But definitely Moro, Mavinga, and uh, Westbrook, they stay. And then the rest ship yeah. out. Yeah. I, the only thing is it's going to be very hard. Unless, I, I'm not sure of the contract situations of uh, of Drew Moore. Um, I know Aro we just, we just bought this year. I think it was on loan last year. We just bought him this year. So he's probably got a decent contract still. Um, sure. And then obviously nephew. Um, nephew, we got to figure out what his contract is and then ship him off with the manager because, uh, you know, they can go back to kind of where they're from. Sure. <laughs> that sounds so bad to say, but. <laughs> go back to your own country? No. But I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's to a point now where the defenders, what they're getting paid to do they're not doing um, and at that point find someone who's going to it's not even like I don't think our defenders are that bad that's the problem it's the system and we're gonna we're gonna get onto this in a second um, yeah but at this point you know we've we've shipped off 28 goals in 16 games it's a lot that's a lot it's and a I lot. think the vast majority of that came in the last 10 games yeah because uh, we had a great start to the season mm-hmm. Um and then kind of uh, kind of fell off the map for the past 10, 12? Yeah, absolutely. So we've just, okay, Dallas 3, uh, Sporting 2, so that's 5, Vancouver 1, 6, San Jose 2, that's 8, and then Real Salt Lake 3, that's 11. 11 in the last 5. Like, that's kind of, we're, we're yeah. shipping two goals yeah. a game on average. And that's not good. That's just not good enough. And our defenders are not doing what they're being paid for. But at least now, Schaffelberg's on the side. I'm really sad that Justin's missing this episode. Mm, he was advocating I feel like for him. He cr- I feel like he cried a little bit when he signed. 
because uh, <laughs> he, he, he was like Schaffelberg's number one fan. Like, pretty sure he had a Schaffelberg jersey before he even signed. Um, oh, man. <laughs> that wouldn't sound out of character for Metal. I know, I know. That's why I'm sad that he's missing this one. But honestly, he came on and he put in a shift. He did, uh, he did a decent job considering the situation that they were in um, and kind of the team that they were playing against, a, a Dallas team that isn't a slouch. So it's, hard to, it's a hard team to make your debut against. Yeah. But uh, I think he did all right. I think he's one for the future. Um, mm-hmm. And even if you don't get immediate returns from him, um, it, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, he comes in in the 60th minute, 59th minute, sorry. And he does a decent job, I think. He, he's he's running around, he's lively, he's looking for that pass. Doesn't get on the end of anything because the team was quite honestly woeful. I think aside from Nick DeLeon's early attempt in the second half, what else did we do? So, you know, like we were just a, a ghost of a team. And so he did the best he could. And I think he acquitted himself quite well. He ran around a bunch. And I think that's the least we can accept, expect of a new young player is to run around a bunch and, and look to get involved. So aside from that, not really a whole lot to see, but already I'd pick him over Boyd. Oh, no. I got to get Terrence Boyd bash. No, no, no. We're, um, we're not going to get into it because of <laughs> under death. But, but yeah, he, he, should, he, he should be on the team sheet ahead of Boyd. I don't know if he should be ahead of Hamilton. Hamilton's earned his spot with a few good goals this year, but um, yeah, at least with the Gold Cup right now. We need to talk about the Gold Cup too. Uh, US doing quite well. Then yeah, doesn't, doesn't yeah. seem like our boys are going to come be coming home anytime soon. Uh, also, Canada doing surprisingly well too. But yeah, uh, it's uh, they've got their last game uh, today against Cuba, which they should win pretty handily. You should win. Um, which I think puts us against Costa Rica in the quarterfinals, which everyone basically called before the tournament anyways, Mm. um, after seeing the seeding and the groups. Um, So, yeah, I mean, good luck to uh, to Zaria Morgan and Okello out there. Yeah, Canada could be in the semis. They could be. It's a very winnable game. Costa Rica has a very old squad. Um, Mm. Like Brian Ruiz still plays for Costa Rica. Wow. Dude, yeah. that's a throwback. I remember that one <laughs> season he had for Fulham. That was... Yeah. <laughs> I signed him on FIFA and I was like, yo, this guy could be really good. And then like... He didn't realize that like, he was like 30 years old at that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then he fell off the map in a big way. Um, yeah. Not unlike Fulham. Rip. Um, so... Wow. You know, people, uh, you know, a lot of uh, hesitation with regards to the approach to the game on social media. Lots of people sort of bemoaning the absentees. So just to recap the absentees for the Gold Cup reasons, Alstor, Bradley, Osorio, Akello, and Ashton Morgan. Now, Akello and Morgan were French players anyways, but to miss Altador, Bradley, and Osorio, um, that's your spine. That's your attacking spine. And that's a big deal. Um, then further to, to compound things further, we have injuries to Mavinga and Oro, both with recurring hamstring injuries. And there's your defense, like two of your best defenders are out. So I think to expect a win was a bit optimistic. Yeah. But the thing is, everybody's got players missing, everybody's got injuries. And if your your spine's missing, sure, that's that's a big problem. But you should at least have a system where which to, relies on rigidity. You don't need star players to have a solid system. 
you know, your system needs to be the star, honestly. Um, and you can mitigate personnel issues by having a good system, having good understanding between everybody. Now we're playing this weird five at the back thing. We don't have any midfield presence. We definitely don't have a, a forward that knows how to take advantage of being the only person forward, uh, like an Altador or a Jordan Hamilton, really. Like, even Hamilton needs players around him. Um, yeah. The system doesn't work. The system is is bad, and even with this five at the back, you'd think, okay, five at the back, that's going to be hard to get through. No, we ship three goals out. It's 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 really really bad right now. We don't have a core. We don't have an identity. We don't have a game plan. It seems it feels like Vanny is just sending them out there and saying, you know what, just do your best. Yeah, he's got this like plug and play mentality that like if this person's out, this person is the automatic replacement. But I mean. The automatic replacement isn't necessarily the best player for that. I think he, he's been given a squad that says, okay, make this work. And he goes, okay, I'm going to use my exact same system. I'm not going to change anything. Or if I do change something, I'm going to try something completely different that we've never done before. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to think about the logistical side of it. So like, I don't have these two center midfielders who can sit in front of the back three while I have these two uh, wingbacks flying up and down the wings. He's not thinking about that. He's got Marky Delgado and Liam Frazier. I mean, Liam Frazier, he's a, he's a decent young player, but he's still coming into his own. And Marky Delgado, we've talked about this before, he is the biggest question mark I've ever met in my life because what is Marky Delgado? Yeah. He's, not, Go ahead. he's not a scoring midfielder. He's not a box-to-box midfielder. He's not a ball-winning midfielder. He's not a defensive linchpin. He's not an attacking linchpin. He's just there. How does this guy get on an 11 every single week? Because like, there's got to be someone out there. Because look at our look at what we had to deal with. Like who else realistically in a full-strength midfield do you put next to Bradley and Rosario? Honestly, I think Frazier's been okay. Yeah, he's been good. He's an option. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think they really have anybody. Yeah, uh, I think I like Noble Akello. I think when he comes back, he should get a look at the first team. Yeah, but again, that that comes down to Vanny, and I don't think Vanny's willing to play him. Um, because he he obviously doesn't have trust in him. Um, but this guy's obviously good enough to go and play for the national team, whereas Liam Fraser wasn't good enough to go play for the national team. Let's just remember yeah. that. Um, also, Marky, Marky Delgado didn't go with the U.S. squad. Well, it's like, you know who I'd play? I'd play Chapman down the middle. At least the guy has energy and he knows how to pass. Um, yeah, they keep bringing him on as a winger. Yeah, he's not that fast. No, he's not. He's not a prototypical winger, especially in the MLS, which is a very athletic league. You need to have quick wingers. And we have zero. Yeah. We have we Schaffelberg don't. now. And that's like, it. If I had to, if I had to, you know, put people on the wing, I'd put Hamilton on there, and I'd maybe do Akinola exactly. on the wing because he has good feet. But you know, both of those are out and out strikers. They play better in the middle. Um, it's 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 just really strange to me. Like we're playing. What did we play last night? Four five four one basically. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, with the, Terrence Boyd as your lone striker. Terrence so, Boyd, the most immobile of strikers, is supposed to chase down balls. That's the that's the equivalent of playing a five four zero basically. So we're playing like a man down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's so why it was a shooting gallery. 
we're playing the most defensive formation possible, right? What other, yeah. aside from playing for a five-five-zero or a, a six at the back or a four-six-one or something like that, or fix-six-zero? Sorry, um, that's as defensive as you go, and we're we're leaking three goals now. Yeah. You've got, I mean, we we can sit here and talk about individuals all day. But we know one thing is that none of that current back three. Morrow and Larea are just doing what they can really to to be attacking outlets, but it doesn't work because they don't have the ball. We don't have the ball in midfield. They can't do the overlapping runs, so they just sat back the whole game. Um, but Simon Moore and Zabaleta, I don't want anywhere near this club. No, and I think it's it's becoming sort of blatantly obvious that they're not even MLS standard. No, they're not. Simon is over the hill he's done like whatever accolades he got you know he's played belgian national team like cool that's fine but you did that what like three years ago four years ago the only the like, only saving grace for simon right now is the fact that he's quite good with his feet but yeah. his his head's not there and he needs somebody strong to kind of rein him in and he, as good as mabinga is he's not a commander he's not a leader um he doesn't he doesn't yell at anybody he doesn't really uh, he kind of just does the work like you want Mavinga next to a Van Dyke type player or a, like a Gary Cahill or John Terry mold of a center back who is just somebody who just gives people a bit of needle gives you know shouts at people and tells them stop fucking around get back in line uh, like I want Mavinga I want somebody who's better than Mavinga to come slot next to Mavinga to, to be that defensive rock like Simon is a good rotation option at best but now you've got Drew Moore, who's now actively gifting goals. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah, bit of a I don't fall know what's from up grace. With it, man. But, I mean, I think we're forgetting the fact that they do have Omar Gonzalez coming. Sure. Uh, I guess it's the middle of July. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think it, he is kind of an imposing figure, being mm-hmm. 6'5 and, you know, U.S. international. Like, he, he hopefully he does add that little bit of... Uh, solidity to the defensive line but I mean mm. again he, he's a guy who I think he was in con- on contract with Pachuca and then loaned it to Atlas and just I, I don't know if he's the same player that everybody thinks he is anymore I don't think he necessarily needs to be the the, the young hype prospect that he was at LA Galaxy no I think I think what we need is just a player who doesn't fuck up but I, this is the thing. So, <laughs> I'm sick of asking for players that just that, that don't don't make mistakes. Yeah, I want impact players. Yeah, I want well, players not, that not not impact players, but you know, good <laughs> players. <laughs> yes, I want Samuel Piet. <laughs> we want players that are going to come in and actively change the team for the better. Yeah, I mean it's it's all well and good to have placeholders that are going to come in and stop us leaking goals sure but we also have to score goals yes the whole point of the game is to score more goals than the other team and right now we're not scoring any yeah and that comes down to midfield more than anything but here's the thing if you spend more time defending and and trying to repel attacks then what can the midfield really do aside from like trying to get involved with the defense and then it just becomes okay get the ball out get the ball out get the ball out yeah but then you're getting the ball out to terrence boyd who doesn't have pace to beat anybody. No. Doesn't really have that great of hold-up play for being such a big body. Yeah. Um, he, he's not going to be first to the ball. He's going to win a header, and he's going to head it on to who? Yeah. We, we don't have nobody. anybody overlapping. Like, Didlion runs, but he's not really that fast. 
Like, I feel like and his position is quite good. For all yeah, but he's sh- only good for like 65, 70 minutes, and then, then he's yeah, dead. But I think a lot of that is due to the fact that nobody else is running. He's the only person yeah. running. He's, he's running himself into the ground because nobody else is doing it. Um, yeah. You know, like we've got, we've got a side here that doesn't, I, don't, I wouldn't even beat, I wouldn't even peg them to win against York 9. And they're already in the semifinals. So, I mean, whoever they play uh, in the next stage of the Canadian Championship is going to give them a very, very good run for their money. If I'm Greg Vane, if I'm still a manager at that point, I have to focus on winning the Canadian Championship so that at least we can have Champions League football next year. But here's the thing, right? Is it worth it? Is it worth being in the Champions League? How much money do we get from that? I mean, it's not so much the money that you get from it. I I know it sounds weird because it's the CONCACAF Champions League and not the UEFA Champions League. Sure. But I feel like more players are willing to come to teams that participate in the Champions League based on the fact that it it, it is international football. Like Sure. But it's like it's to a lesser extent. How many games do we on a on a full run? How many games are in the Champions League? Four? Five? Uh well, because you have group stages too, right? Sure. So you you would have the Canadian champions would have to go through and play six four four or six group games. Yeah. Um, and then you would go into the quarters, which is two-legged. Okay, so, so it's um, proper. Okay. So it could be eight, it could be 10, it could be 12, right? So. Yeah. Sorry, like I'm, I'm going off like how many games we have actually played in the Champions League, which is like three, because we get, keep getting yeah. knocked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was one year where we made it to the finals. That's it. So here's the thing. Suppose you're, you're Bazbachenko. Ali Curtis is gone. You've been brought back in. You've got a decision to make about Vanny. That's an easy one. He goes. Yeah, gone. See you later. Now you've got a bigger thing. You're you're sitting sitting in seventh, somehow still in a champions. Uh, sorry, in a playoff spot. You've got Champions League to think about, but this squad needs such a big head to toe scrubbing of the deadwood of the players that don't work of the inflated salaries. Do you like? Here's the thing. Do you like? Because MLSC is not hurting for cash right now with the Raptors. You know, people selling their champions hats for sixty to hundred dollars each. Yeah. Uh, officially from stores, they're not hurting for money. Could you just take the L for a year? Just forget about the playoffs. Forget about the Champions League. Get rid. Just ship everybody out. I Every- think you have to. Yeah. I think you have to kind of. As you said, take the L for the year, start to make some trades, cut some players that aren't working, um, get on the phones and start to work the phones. Because, listen, the, the team that you have now, it may, a few of them may have won you a championship two years ago. Sure. But what have you done for me lately? And yeah. football is a what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me uh, last week? Sport. Exactly. And Vanny hasn't done anything lately. Has. Moore hasn't done anything lately. Simon really hasn't done anything for the team. The mark of a good coach, too, is have you improved players? And it's a no. It's a gigantic no. no. And we can see that because you have all these players who seem lost. You know, even... Okay, let's let's play devil's advocate here. Let's talk about the uh, the championship winning the, those years. 
during any one point of those two years, the team was good, the chemistry was good, the passing was good, the end product was good, but individually, did anybody improve? Uh, I think you... Could a case be made for Sebastian Jovinko? Or was he just at a level already having come from Juventus that was just like unplayable against regards to MLS standards, especially given the time, uh, 2015, 16, 17 MLS defending really wasn't there. Now it's starting to get there, but it wasn't really there. No, I, th- I honestly, I don't think you can say that any one player improved Bono, a gigantic maybe? amount. Well, but Bono, I think w- he was brought in though. He was brought in and, and then he came in. Well, he was, he was drafted by TFC, but I mean, the Clint Irwin injury is the re- reason that Bono had to go in. But, yeah. I mean, it's not like Clint Irwin got benched because he was playing badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they both benefited from the team that they had in front of them. Sure. I don't think that... I mean, Clint Irwin, granted, came in as a decent goalkeeper. And um, he still is. Bono was... He is. Um, Bono was our draft pick that everyone kind of had the same book on him. He's a decent shot stopper, but that's about it. He's nothing completely special. Um, and I think that I can't even say that he improved mm-hmm. because at at the end of the day, he just did exactly what people knew him for. He was yeah. a good shot stopper and that's about it. Um, so I can't really say that Vanny improved anyone to a, a, a level in which they became an international or they Osorio maybe like I feel like Osorio's progression has been very linear it's been better uh, every season he's gotten better but I think that's just because he's become older and he's become wiser with the experience I think that was a natural development rather than a coaching development yeah I think he, he basically got better because of a the players he was playing around sure and b just kind of it was it was natural like you said so we're, we're winless in eight now. Most teams would sack the manager. Is there going to be change? I think there needs to be. Yeah, but there he needs just, to be, but will there be? Honestly, I think yes. I think, you think Monday, so? uh, I'm, I'm hoping. Monday, <laughs> I could see Greg Vanny being let go. Um, and if I'm TFC, I'm giving Robin Frazier the job. Because uh, okay. he hasn't gone to Colorado. Colorado's yep. been kicking around. Um, but he hasn't gone yet. So part of me thinks that maybe he wants the TFC job and he sees the sort of insecurity of Vanny's job right now as kind of an opportunity. Sure. That if Greg does get fired, I might be able to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the obvious the obvious choice is if you get rid of Vanny, just uh, you know give Robin Frazier the reins. And as you said, take an L for the season. Sure, but just let him get a couple games under his belt as a uh, as a manager. If we lose one more game, or if we draw another game, like if we continue our winless streak, that will be the longest losing streak since May since May 11th to June 25th in 2011. Yeah, like the record right now is 14 winless in 2012 between July 28th to the end of season uh, in 2012. Um, and then the one after that is 12 winless streak, which was in 2007, which was our first season. This is, these like, there's no more spinning this. There's no way you can defend him. And I, I, I genuinely, if you are listening 
and you still think Bani is the right person, please tell us why. Are we missing something here? Are we are we watching different games? What's going on? Like I, I I don't know how we can continue like this, and how anybody involved with this football club can continue to support Greg Greg Vanny. Like treat the Gold Cup as a soft reset. Your best players are away. Get new management in. Here's the biggest thing: we've had two weeks off. What have we worked on? Yeah, it's been honestly, it's been absolutely nothing. I I think that in those two weeks, he might have just told everyone, hey go relax, go, uh, go do whatever you want. But at the same time, he should have been saying, no, you guys are playing horribly right now. Yeah. Like I know we're missing some players, but you know what? That just means you guys have to step up. Somebody has to step up. But here's the thing. I don't think this season's been littered with individual mistakes. I think we're sort of starting to see it a bit with FC Dallas, uh, and some of the other recent games, but I don't think the players have done a whole lot wrong. I mean, the defense, Simon Mavinga, have had their moments, but the players themselves have done the best they can with a really shit set of instructions. Like the players could very easily be turning around to Vanny and say, "Look, what you're trying to make us do does not work. We're losing." And now Vanny's well, just not the kind of person to talk back to these players and say, "Look, it's my way or the highway." I mean, he's not good at controlling personalities. We know this. No, absolutely not. We saw that with Craig. Rube. Gregory Vanderveel, um, and I'm honestly starting to see that with Pozzuolo. You, you think? can see, you can see physically on the pitch, you can see he's just, he's kind of giving up. He's like, why did I do this? Why did I come over here? No one, no one's getting on the end of crosses anymore. Nobody is playing decent balls. Nobody's yeah. doing decent runs. Uh, he comes on and I think, I think uh, all the players kind of expected him to just go and tie the game himself because um, he's a designated player and sure all that. But, I mean... You can't do it alone. We, we have to be realistic. You're missing Altador. You're yep. missing Bradley. Yep. But even when they were here, we were losing. Yep. And we weren't picking up points. And that was with Pozzuolo, Altador, Bradley, Azario, everyone in the squad, and we still weren't picking up points. So I, I think there's a bigger issue here than just the personnel. Mm -hmm. And I think it begins and ends with management. Well, here's the thing. We're playing Atlanta next, DC United after, away. LA Galaxy, then Montreal. That could be four wins or four losses. Four wins, that would be nice. Yeah, Um, no, four losses in a row because they're all decent teams. They're all better than us. Yeah. Save for Montreal, because Montreal is always a wild card game. It doesn't matter what form either of the two teams are. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, but Atlanta will beat us at home. DC United, we're not taking a point away from them at, at their home. We're no. definitely not going to win against LA Galaxy. Ibra's going to score. In LA? Right. Yeah, that's going to be in LA. And that's three games in the span of just over a week. That's going to that's gonna tire out this depleted squad. This squad does not have what it takes. That will be winless in 11. And if he still has a job come Montreal, which I expect to lose as well, this this this, this team's gone to the dogs, man. Like, the franchise doesn't care about this one. Yeah. Uh, honestly, man, like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. You go we from winning the treble... The yeah. domestic treble and just completely being on top of the world to now 
being almost insignificant in Toronto. Like let's let's just we were we were never say significant. It what it is. We were never significant in Toronto. Let's be real. Like even with the Leafs having a shit season, we got less press than than uh, than the Leafs. Like we had we had a great season. We won the thing. We got you know five minutes on CP twenty four, and then the Leafs. We, <laughs> yeah. we turn our we turn our attention back to Babcock and the Leafs, and yeah. uh, that was about it. Like and and I know there are a lot of people who bemoan that, especially on Facebook forums. If you're listening, I get it. I understand, and I and I fully agree with you that we should get more press. But this is not a football country. This is not a football city. And as much as we want it to be. If the MLSC keeps treating our team like this, then how can it ever be? And and you should be angry, not with the Leafs fan, not with media outlets. You should be angry with MLSC more than it's anything funny because else. MLSC kind of treats TFC like a side hustle. Kind of, yeah. Like the Leafs and the Raptors are their their day jobs, and then we're their Uber. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like I I went into the Adidas store to to pick up. Um, to, to pick up some new trainers and you know the, the jersey is, is probably one of the nicest we've ever produced $180 <laughs> I can go that's ridiculous to uh, I can go to 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 uh, to a European football store buy a Liverpool jersey get printing on it with the, my favorite name and the badges and everything for $120 yeah yeah and that shirt came from across the pond like come on MLS, are you taking the piss? And uh, just Windless Night. That, that's the name of the title of the, of the episode. That's what we're going to call this. Windless Night because we need to make it known. We need to make it, everybody know, look, this is not going, this is not cool. This is a very not cash money of anybody involved. Yeah, I think it's getting to a point where um, a lot of these supporters and a lot of the casual supporters are starting to lose interest. Yeah. Um, and at that point, this the stadium's not going to fill. You're not going to sell merch. Like, the Raptors are already going to sell more merch than us. The Leafs are already going to sell more merch than us. But it's to a point now where if I go into Lids or if I go into Sport Check, uh, you know, in, in Brampton, the TFC stuff is so small or outdated. Yeah. Or it's just like, do you guys have TFC hats? No, sorry, we don't carry them anymore. Mm. Because nobody wants them. No, nobody wants and them. And it's it's getting to that dangerous point where if this team starts to become irrelevant in Toronto, uh, we're going to go, I hate to say it, but we're, we're going to go the way of, you know, the, the Wolf Pack where we just don't get crowds, you know, even if we have a good team, we're just not going to get crowds. And this is also competing in a way with the Canadian Premier League. Yeah. So the Canadian Premier League is affordable. It's good football. It's fun. Uh, there's a trumpet guy. There's a trumpet guy. Shout out there's, York Knight trumpet guy. That trumpet guy is a legend. I don't like, like some people have been making a big deal about him not being like, it's not spirit of football. Fuck that. It's It's fun. And it's Honestly, a much, like it's a it. much, it's a much better night out than watching the misery at TFC. Yeah, because when they had, so they they had, I don't know if they even still have it. When they had Tribal R- Rhythm Nation at TFC, you know, you would hear it every now and again in my section, and it was it was nice to hear because like it's instruments at the match, and you know it's different. You go to York Nine, you got trumpet guy at York Nine. I love it. I think it's great. 
Yeah, there was there was the first match. I think he was playing the Jurassic Park theme song, and I was like, "That's <laughs> awesome." <laughs> I think I think he needs to play "Never Gonna Give You Up" so he can get really get the crowd going. Yeah, exactly. He can rickroll the whole crowd. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> or you should come to TFC and do rickroll because I feel like this was happening to us. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, um, that's this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. As as ever, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast media. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at XI Podcast, one handle. Especially check out our uh, Instagram because we make pretty things on the Instagram. We have lovely, pretty red things. So do that. <laughs> and on occasion, you might see the hosts be uh, pretty in their own right. We're quite pretty, right? I think we're pretty. Uh yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like solid we're, like 7 out of 10s. Yeah, which is a lot better than the <laughs> 1 out of 10 we're used to with TFC's football. So, <laughs> so follow us there. Uh, be sure to leave a rating and review. And also, remember, if you are a Vanny supporter, please get in touch with us and explain to us why. So we can we can understand where you're coming from. Because at this point, I'm not sure how. How? 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 Please. Um but Honestly, I, th- I think it's time that we uh, start to think about doing a call-in show. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to be one of those late-night radio shows <laughs> with like 3M people saying, you know what's wrong with this country? Brown people. And then it's going to be like, oh, fuck. Okay, we've become this, this thing now. Um, but yeah, no. Um, honestly, up the Reds. Come on, you Reds. Vanny out. I just want to get back to talking about tactics. You know, like I want to, I want to get back to going in depth instead of bemoaning the state of the club. I just want a goal. I want to win. That's yeah. all I want. I and want more, something to be proud of. I right. want something we can come on here and say, you know what? This guy played really well. This guy scored a goal. Sure. Terrence Boyd finally scored a goal. Yeah. No, not even scored scored a goal. Terrence Boyd hit the net with one of his shots. Well, in, if we're gonna, if we're gonna be talking about things that just aren't possibilities, I'm getting engaged to Mila Kunis next week. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but more than anything, we want to be able to support the one, the only local football and TFC's local football. For the starting 11, this has been Peter Robinson. Uh, support local football, but like support the CPL because TFC is playing horribly right now. <laughs> I've been Genghis, Genghis Khan. They play the impact, what, July 9th? York 9? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, are, Canadian Championship. Tickets are nine dollars. Nine dollars. Nine dollar dollars. That's nothing. Let's put it this way: I think it's twenty-two for the racing car seats at Pitchside. Yeah, twenty-two dollars. There you go. If you really want to feel fancy at a York Nine game, twenty-two dollars. And, and they're like bright green. They're awesome. They're super comfortable. Casey knows. And you'll actually be able to see a TFC player actually doing well for himself and his side. So honestly, it's too. really good football. It is. It's good football. And, and you get to see MLS, an MLS team for $9. I should probably point out at this point, we're not being paid to say this. We're not, but we just love the CPL because we, we think l- that it's great for Canadian football. And we really hate the way TFC are playing right now. And we're big fans of good football. We love good football. We want good football back. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.